mean to let all those people die? Just to test your creation? Yes. You really are a clever boy. Why did they have to die? You might as well say, why do we have to have evil? Oh, we wouldn't dream of asking a question like that, sir. Yes, why do we have to have evil? Ah. I think it's something to do with free will. Oh. Salad episode 156, An American Werewolf on Golden Pond. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm and Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we are writing our final wrong. Uh, because. <laughs> oh, so many. oh, no, no, no. Oh, We've got no, lots no, of yeah, go. But in terms of 80 retrospecticae, yeah. um, we could have easily done one of these in 2011. We didn't. No. We started in 2012 with our 80s respecticuses. And. Um, you're just dragging that one out. I, I really am. I'm just using <laughs> all, every Simpsons term for retrospe- retrospective known to man. Retrospecti? Retrospecticus. And uh, today we are talking all about the movies of 1981, which apparently to almost all of us here was a formative year when we, two years later when we all got cable, <laughs> and all these movies were making their their, their first times around. Oh, this is the cable runs. Yeah, not my, you though. Yeah, my, my cable showed up about 15 years later. God damn. Yeah. Also, some of these movies might have been your first video store rentals back when oh, you had to rent yeah. the VCR. First one I remember that is Jaws 3. Yeah. yeah. Turn that on. Sorry, guys. Do have to start over? No. <laughs> no, it's just the uh, direction of the microphone. Ah, oh. okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Technical issues. I forgot because I had it set for the other one for the road to. Um, Infinity War. The microphone, so. the microphone just get palmed. Don't try yeah. this at home, folks. We yeah. are professionals. Hopefully you could. Yeah, exactly. This part out. We have. Yeah, we have not done a Patreon thing yet, so we can start getting paid real, to do this. Real, real, real. Yeah. <laughs> those real dollars, real equipment. <laughs> Anyways, and this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> by our wallets, beer and cookies. <laughs> so anyway, the um, what we're gonna do is same as we always do. We're gonna call our Facebook uh, feedback. Uh, which actually, 13th Hour, got quite a bit of stuff on there. Um, which is also going to tie into the top grossing films of 1981. And then some movies that we're just going to discuss hither and dither. <laughs> Alright? So, let us start. Okay, let, me, let us start with some um, Facebook feedback. Actually, you know what we're going to do instead? No, we're going to actually do the top 10 grossing. And then we'll go back to some people's thoughts on said grossing films. Yeah. Sound good? Sound good. All right. So, uh, first off, number 10, taking in a cool $42 million in $1981, Time Bandits. I'm shocked about this one, actually. Why? I'm actually shocked it made it this high. Yeah, that, yeah. that's it. Oh, okay. I mean, time, but it was such a, it's such a good no, movie. It's a great so one. I haven't seen it. Like, I saw the commercials for it, wanted to see it. Eventually, like, rented it on VHS, did not get it. Then I was looking it up for this show, and I was like, 
Oh, Terry Gilliam. No wonder I didn't well, this understand was, this what the fuck was, this was going was, on. Was this, wasn't this his first post-Monty Python movie? I thought he made Brazil before this. No, movie. no, no Brazil's Brazil 86. 86, right. So okay. I think I think this was his first. Uh, what about Bear Munchausen? Bear Munchausen's 88. 88. Oh, then maybe it was. Yeah, no, I, this is, I mean, it's not his first movie, because obviously he directed no, but his first Life of Brian. his first post-Python. Post, post, yeah, post-Python. Post Python. Like his um, first independent. Well, Steve Day at Ape Cod says it was probably, it cracked the top ten because it was methadone for Star Wars fans. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. I mean, it's very futuristic. I remember, I remember dad took, my dad took me to see, the movies to see this one. See, it's, I, it's, I don't. I didn't find it very futuristic. I found it very uh-huh. fantastical. Kind of, it very much in the in that kind of Monty Python vein. Right? Yep. He had one before this one, which was Jabberwocky. Oh, which I've that's never seen. Right, seventy-seven. I've never seen Jabberwocky. I remember. I remember seeing like little clips of it, and it's very, very dark. Yeah, yeah. Like the poor man's, um, poor man's holy grail. Well, makes sense. This this movie, the end of this movie terrifies me. By the way, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, with the um, when the kid is like he's finally woken up and his house is on fire. Yep. Oh yeah. It, Mom, Dad, it's evil. Don't touch it. Oh, and they touch it and they blow up. Yep. Yeah. And then you know Sean Connery gives them the wink as the fireman, and they all drive off, leaving this kid orphaned and alone. Yeah, yeah, this entire, yeah. This entire yeah. movie freaked me out. Oh my god! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I didn't get it. I want to watch it again now. Yeah, you can't find a copy anywhere. Yeah, I mean when you yeah when you're a ten year old kid, you know when I saw it, I was like 10, 11 years old. Yeah, yeah. they kind of like what the hell am I watching? But nowadays it's like yeah okay. Can't, I mean knowing knowing, knowing Gilliam's oeuvre, yeah, and the way yeah. he thinks and he puts movies together, it all kind of makes sense in a way. This but, was a natural progression. Yes. It is. You can see. You can see. Okay, this is the same fucked up mind that came up with Brazil, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and came up with all those sketches in, in between the Monty Python. Uh... Kenny Baker did not have a good time on this movie. No, he didn't. No, no. He, well, he had a some pretty gruesome stuff happening. Yeah. Ugh. Well, actually, happened to most of those guys. <laughs> oh, poor dwarves. Yeah. Um, I also remember because of this movie, thinking for years. That Napoleon's hand was actually a screw-on gold hand, <laughs> because when they, you know, when they get Ian home Napoleon drunk and he passes <laughs> out, they pull the hand out of his jacket and unscrew it. <laughs> and of course, you've got John Cleese in there as well as Robin Hood. Yes, yes, they're poor. Well, well, I mean, it's frightfully kind of the poor are going to be absolutely thrilled. Uh, have you met them at all? Who? The poor? The poor? Oh, you must meet them. I just know you'll like them. Charming people. Of course, they haven't got two pennies to rub together, but then that's because they're poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another scene, too, that freaked me out when he was, you know, they're showing the guy's arm wrestling, and one guy just rips the other guy's arm off. <laughs> this might have been the first movie I had watched with a lot of gratuitous violence. It's a very bizarre movie. Well, I like that it takes different eras. I did like the Sean Connery stuff. Yeah. Where he was, um, you know, fighting the Minotaur and then yeah. beheads him in front of a kid. Nine-year-old me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a really fun movie. I don't know where well, you can stream this one. I've I've checked I, I've, ch- I've checked Netflix and it's not on there it's not on Net- Amazon Prime yeah it's not Netflix it's on Amazon it's not YouTube it's not Hulu 
It's not the library, which you, is where I got a couple rent, other movies. You can probably rent it through uh, Amazon. I, I looked. I couldn't no. find it. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow. Not available. This is, I think this I is one of those shook. movies. Um, who, what was George Harrison's film company? Because they were the ones who produced this one. Was it Handmade? Yes. All right. I really think that, most likely, the rights have lapsed somewhere. Yeah. This is like one of those things. It's, just, it's just sitting in limbo waiting for somebody to... I mean, I seem yeah. to remember at, you know, doing the doing the video rental thing that, like, the spine of the movie with Embassy Video on it, so... <laughs> who the hell knows who has the rights now? Wow, because you know Embassy Video is still around somewhere, right? Yep. Right? Make it part of the Criterion yeah. Collection. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Number nine, a movie that nobody, believe it or not, mentioned about at all. $50 million for the four seasons. I have no I idea have what this no movie is. no idea what this movie is. All right. But- uh, this was one of those movies that showed up on HBO a lot. It it's just it's just four old boring people going through old boring people <laughs> trials and tribulations. It is definitely the definition of white people problems in the eighties. Is Walter Matthau in this one? No, this is Alan Alda and Carol Burnett and uh, Jack Weston. I, I and, got nothing. Yeah, it's just okay. like the big chill before the big chill. Yeah, but it was like middle aged couples that were just like swingers. No. <laughs> I, don't think they were either. I, I just don't know. <laughs> and goddamn it, Joe! Oh, God damn it. Swingers, ew. That was the ice storm and ew. Oh God, <laughs> the ice storm, otherwise known as the key party. Yeah. <laughs> Not a fun movie. No. Not a joy to watch. No, no, no. So let's move on to number eight. One, I'm sure that we have a little bit to talk about at least. Yeah. But believe it or not, nobody brought up. Uh, fifty-five million for for your eyes only. This was the last good uh, Roger Moore one. Agreed. And in fact, really? it's one you of the so? few. It was one of the few good Roger Moore ones. From here's me. here's what got follows uh, for your eyes only, Joe. Octopussy. Yeah. Which would have been better with Sean Connery because octopusy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a view to a kill. I like a view to a kill. Oh God, Joe. And right before this one was Moonraker. Oh, Moonraker, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Moonraker. James Bond in space. Yeah. Except... (laughs) Yeah, basically, this one was just like... Jaws, and what was his name? Jaws? Yeah. Jaws was in it, too. Yeah, Yeah. it was his second appearance. Yeah. After after that one, they're like, yeah, we went way too far. Let's pull it back. Let's go back to basics. And we got For Your Eyes Only, and it was actually a solid one. Yeah, I agree. This This is one, if you haven't seen it in a long time, or again... This was an HBO. Maybe you caught it halfway through. You couldn't catch up with it. Because this is definitely... you got to watch it from beginning to end. You can't start off in the middle and know what's happening with this movie. Um, But yeah, it's definitely worth a rewatch. Because it is definitely one of Roger Moore's better movies. And that's not filing that away in the guilty pleasure type of Roger Moore movies. Like, for, in my case, Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, yeah, that's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. I love, I love that movie. I have no reason to love that movie other than I just like it. Um, I mean, the only movie better than this in the Roger Moore oeuvre is uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. I agree with that. Which is essentially Thunderball. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I don't, I don't, I don't deny that. This is also the first one of the movie posters where he actually looked like an old man. <laughs> he just looked like a stodgy old man, just like, why am I here? <laughs> Doubt me, check the poster. And then when you look at said poster, because he's like, he's he's got the, you know, like the Bond pose with the Walther PPK, and he's standing between this woman's splayed legs, and she's wearing a 
like uh, it looks like a, a bathing suit. But the bathing suit looks like it's on backwards. Because <laughs> it's only from the waist down that you see it. And there's, like, no butt cleavage or anything like that. It's just, like, legs and the front of a bar- uh, bathing suit. Have you found it? Hold on. And there it is. Yeah. No. No? It doesn't no, I found it. It just it doesn't. You, you, no, you, you're right. It looks like the front of a bathing suit. Oh, yeah, there is butt cleavage on there, though. I was wrong about that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that looks like the front of a bathing suit. I'm sorry, I just I just think it does. It looks weird. <laughs> it's definitely something that they did. Um, Photoshop wise, it's not quite a thong. <sighs> were they weren't really were they really doing thongs in eighty eighty one. No, but they were doing the high the high cut. Um, yeah. Okay. T backs. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Enough about underwear. All right. <laughs> number s- bathing suit. Number seven, making $59 million and taking home the best picture uh, for 1981. <laughs> Chariots of Fire, a movie that Steve Day responds to as, if your movie is boring and forgettable, then I suggest aggressive marketing of its most memorable theme music. And that is the only reason I remember know that movie. Yeah, I don't I don't think I ever saw this movie. That and the guys I running on the hear, beach. Yeah, yeah, that's I all I hear, know about this movie. I did hear that theme on the radio for years. Yeah. It, oh, whenever it, it was a know, number one hit, it actually hit the top of the pop charts for throughout the early '80s. I take probably till '88, '92. Anything Olympics related with the USA, Olympics, it was that music and the Boston <laughs> Marathon. <laughs> well, anytime anybody runs, I mean, it was in National Lampoon's Vacation for Christ's sake. <laughs> Hell, I have expected it to be in Rocky too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it would have been Rocky 2, no, but it Rocky would have been Rocky 3. Rocky exactly. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> right before him and Carl Weathers embrace. I mean, no, but I mean, I, I made the attempt to watch the movie, to actually sit and watch the movie once, and it's just like, it is a slog. It's a I slog. I cannot uh, Matt Jones, who uh, hosted with us last time around, said that he actually went to the movies to see this and had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> Well, the thing That's is, fair. this was this was general, this was the time generally the time when like Oscar contending movies were like almost three hours long, with this convoluted, not really a plot I want to say, but just kind of like just acting. This just movie was acting. Wait, 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 Joe, Joe, you're seeing that as if it's different from now, right? Well, well the no. thing is that now you know now like like if you go back and watch old episodes of television, there is like. A lot of exposition about what they're going to do, and then you watch them do it to like a montage. Nowadays, they explain what they're going to do over as a voiceover of them actually doing it. So that like increases how much content you can get. Right. Ocean's Eleven original versus Ocean's Eleven remake. Something. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was. It's, uh, it's you know what this movie won on its Britishness alone. It <laughs> truly much. is a Pretty very much. very British movie about British boys going to British school with their British headmaster and becoming British men who then run in the British Olympics. And one of them's Jewish. That's really all there is to it. That, that's, that's all there is to that movie. Isn't that, isn't that parallel parallel universe, Andy? Pretty much, yeah. Andy <laughs> was making a movie in 1981. Did someone die at the end of this one? I'm sure know. somebody <laughs> died at the end of this Of course. It's an Oscar movie. Somebody yeah. died. Okay. Let's move on. Number six, $72 million. 
The Cannonball Run. Oh, God. Go back. All right. Have we all seen the Cannonball Run? Yes. Not I, for a I long time. Oh, like my dad rated either that one or Cannonball Run two. Oh God. On VHS. Oh God. This this was height. Well, I mean, it's, this, it's like Home Alone versus Home Alone two. That, They're the same movie. That basically. that that is peak Dom DeLuise and yep. Burt. I mean, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yes, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Peak. Peak. Oh my God. And, and Burt actually, Reynolds with the Cannonball Run. That was Jackie Chan's uh, American debut. Yes, it was. Yeah, this movie has. It's, it's a cast of thousands. Not very good cast of thousands. <laughs> Dumb Deluise is a national it's, treasure, But sir. it's one of those movies that you, you, you like, put a hodgepodge of all, like, I want to say, I don't want to say the biggest star, B-list stars. From the 70s. Of the 70s and early 80s, well, 81, you know, and, and make a comedy out of it. <laughs> it's a movie marketed for children with the casting and ideals of their grandparents. And the, yeah, hu- and the humor like, of an 18-year-old frat boy. Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. have major parts in this, most of which involve the fact that Sammy is Jewish, but he's playing a priest, and he's black, so they're going to make fun of that, because that was Sammy's lot in life. And Dino was drunk all the time. Dean was drunk. Um, well, this yeah, movie yeah, what was he in the movie? Hmm? <laughs> drunk. <laughs> we got a secret weapon. God is our co-pilot. You'll need it. God is our co-pilot. Huh? Remember our car? Yeah. Two seats. Two seats. Where's he gonna sit? Where? This movie has aged poorly. Oh, so poorly. Um, I, I keep whenever I think about this movie, I, I'm always trying to remember. It was that Cannibal Run? Or was that Smokey and the Bandit? That I mean, a lot of the scenes are kind of interchangeable, to be honest. They're both Hal Needham movies. I, you know. What? This is the kind of movie that's like the Adam Sandler movies of today. And so Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham could pay for a vacation for all their friends <laughs> to Basically. party and drink and have a good time and nobody's taking it seriously and, and at the end they shoot a blooper reel. That's all the credit sequences. <laughs> it's a Seth Rogen movie? Yeah. Well, at least Seth Rogen is the pro- the, good the, movies. The, the, funny, yeah. the, the funny thing is and it's actually Better. based on a true story. There actually was a cannonball run. I've got the gumball rally. The gumball rally. No, it's not. The, it wasn't a gumball no? rally. No. During the, in the early seventies. Hold on a second. Quiet, everybody. Joe's talking about cars. Oh, there's a big surprise. That's an incredible. I think I'm gonna have a heart attack and die from that surprise. In the early seventies, Car Driver saying? actually sponsored a race, a cross-country race called the Cannonball Run, and Dan Gurney, may God rest his soul. He just passed away. He won. He won. He won it few, a few times. Who? Dan Gurney. Look him up. Wow. Yep. Car thing. Car, Car thing. thing. But anyways. But you know, it's a, it's a real. It actually happened. But they kind of bastardized the actual story. Oh like, what? So they didn't the have. Say? I know. They didn't try to drive an ambulance across. No, the but they no, but the, the participants actually get get dressed up in costume to try to. Yeah, beat the police. Right. Did they yeah. make a game show out of that? I don't know. But they did do a lot of, like... I mean, it ends in a foot race. Yeah. It's really what happens. It ends in a foot race. What was the... What was the... Uh, what was that Don DeLuise's uh, alter ego? Superhero Captain alter Captain Chaos. Ego? Captain Chaos. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Sorry, your mentally ill friend can't join us today, Bert. <laughs> All right. We are for the next one, or Catherine... Is Catherine looking up something about not, the movie? I'm not looking up something about uh, the movie. Okay. Number five, $85 million, Bill Murray's Stripes. 
Now, there's a couple of questions that I have to ask you. They're a little personal. Uh, have you ever been uh, convicted of a felony or a misdemeanor? That's uh, robbery, rape, car theft, that sort of thing. Convicted? Yeah. No. Never convicted. That's good. Good. Are either of you uh, homosexuals? You mean like flaming or? Well, it's a, it's a standard question we have to ask. No, we're not homosexual, but we are willing to learn. No? You haven't seen that? You've never seen this one? That's a guy thing. Um, and it, 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 Bill no, Hillary, you know what she's right. military, a, boy the, movie. Well, the thing is... And it's a dick flick. It, but the the thing about Stripes is... She's not wrong, sh- by the way. <laughs> no, she's not. No, she's, she's absolutely right. But the thing about Stripes is the first half of it is very, very strong. But then it's after the graduate basic... Mm-hmm. When they're doing the mission in Eastern Europe, where the movie just, it just derails and just God, it, it oh, it turns into a flaming pile of garbage. <laughs> is this not one of the better Bill Murray movies? Even though it's one well, because, of the more because all the quote, the quote unquote best lines in the movie all happen in the first half. Right? Wasn't this directed by Harold Ramis? Yes. Yes. I've seen bits and pieces of this. I've never seen it all the way through. Um, How Ramus is a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah. Especially at the very, very beginning. Yeah. Because he's teaching ESL to adults. Yes. English is a second, second language. language. Oh, okay. All right. Do any of you people know any English? And one guy raises his hand. All right. Sheet. Son of beach. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody in the class repeats Sheet. that. Son, Son of, of beach. beach. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm with you. I know we've discussed this before, actually. Right. The second half of the movie is it just is, like... It sucks. It's just a regular... Once they graduate, and I'm like, that's it. You know what? The second half of this movie is the second half of Spies Like Us. Ooh, yeah. Yeah! Ah, there we go. Oh, man, I hit oh. a sweet spot there. Oh, have... it's right on my tooth. Mm. Uh, Spies Like Us is a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. All right. Shall Moving we move on? on? Something yeah. else we all may have seen. <laughs> Between the moon. Number four, ninety-five million dollars. <laughs> Arthur, to that on the way here. you were listening to that song. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Man. I I got to admit, Arthur's a fun movie. It is. Yeah. I mean, but it's mainly mainly because of John Gilgood. Oh, John Gilgood is brilliant in this movie. Oh yeah. It's not. I don't watch it for Dudley Moore. <laughs> no, no one watches it for Dudley Moore. Oh, a little she, bit for Liza Minnelli, but yeah. I mean, before she lost her. Mind. Mind. Totally lost marbles. Yeah. Yeah, John Gilgood is so great. He won an Oscar. For this For this, yeah. Best Supporting Actor. Wow. It's so funny because he obviously loves Arthur very, very much, but he can't stand him as a human being. (laughs) He's like the... I think I shall take a bath now. I shall alert the media. He's like like the (laughs) anti-Alfred. Hobson? Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to do? No, I don't. I'm going to take a bath. I'll alert the media. Do you want to run my bath for me? It's what I live for. Perhaps I should want you'd like me to come in there and wash your dick for you. <laughs> Little shit. <laughs> Arthur, like a lot of New York centric movies at this time, is like they paint a picture of New York oh, that only exists a... in movies of this time. It's a clean cesspool, is what yes. it is. It's like 
you know, the only people that are going to mug you are black, and they're all wearing, ve- like, denim vests. No shirt. So you know. Vests. So you know who the, who's going to exactly. mug you. Exactly. They just came off the set of Warriors. Exactly. They have, all the prostitutes all have, like, the red stretch pants. Yep. And high heels, and, like, the really super bouffant hair, and tube tops. Every hooker. Um... Yeah, but they, they, they paint, like, New York to be, like, this glamorous town when in 1981 it was anything oh but... Oh, my God. Jesus. It, was, it, was, it, was just, it had just been bankrupted. It's... Oh. Yeah. New York in 1981 was not a nice place, I, I hear. What's funny, though, is how much mileage they got out of that Christopher Cross song. Hey, he dominated 1981. Oh, my God. <laughs> in terms of the Grammys, he dominated. We've, we've had conversations about this before. Yes, MTV we have. destroyed Christopher Cross. Yes, it did. Back when you could be a schlubby fat dude with a guitar and piano and make like sell platinum albums, and then the videos came, they were like, "He looks like that." Back back then, when yeah, when a guy like Chris Cross gave all the strains you wanted just on his songs alone. Seriously, because the only you know the only time you ever saw him was on Solid Gold. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Was this before or before or after Sailing? Oh, after. Uh, this yes, this is after because oh, okay. the Flamingo album. It's called Christopher Claus, but it's a Flamingo <laughs> album. That came out in 1980, made a bunch of hits, and then this song, th- this song was a huge hit. Uh, it, was a mi- it was like a big collaboration between like a whole bunch of people. Yeah. It's almost like the song wasn't written for the movie, because there's one verse about Arthur in it. Yeah. Yeah, so second yeah. verse, yeah. Second verse, and that's Arthur, it. he does what he pleases. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> it's like, uh, what was that Kenny Loggins song? Which one? Which which movie song of Kenny Loggins are you talking about, Mike? Uber, in the eighties, which, which, yeah, which, which one in the eighties are you talking I about? I want to say it's one of the ones from Caddyshack. Oh, um, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. Nobody worried about me. No, I mean, I mean, there's no reason for that to be in. Uh... Sorry, no, we're no just... reason for it to be what? To be no, what? There's yes, no we're... reason for that to be in the, in uh, Caddyshack. I love the song, but there's, I mean, there's, it's. I don't think it was made for Caddyshack. No, it was made for the Groundhog. No, it, it was it was totally written for something else. It just ended up in the movie. Plus, you know, Eddie Money was singing backup on that song, right? No, I did not. I'm the that. man, I'm the man. <laughs> so, all right, all right let's move on. Number three, one hundred eight million dollars. The Richard Lester cut of Superman Two. <laughs> well, not the Donner cut. Half Richard Lester cut. No, it's the Richard, Richard Lester, Lester cut. cut. They he just used a lot of the Richard Donner footage. Exactly. Well, DGA rules say <laughs> that um, you you can only have your name as di- listed as director if you've directed more than fifty percent of the movie. Was that still? That was the rule. Even so, back then. Yeah. So what okay. they did was they didn't reuse all. And I just actually learned this the other day on uh, the Retro Blasting podcast. Just ask Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah. No, ask Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what they end up doing was scrapping about. I think like twenty percent of the already shot stuff that they were going to use just to allow Richard Lester to shoot stuff like you know the dude on the roller skates getting blown backwards and the whole Eiffel um, <laughs> Tower thing and tripping over the rug to put your hand in the fire. Yes, well that was going to happen anyway because yeah. why wouldn't the other way work better? Um, and uh, also the whole thing where they get to stick it to the frogs for twenty minutes. So oh, at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That that didn't need to be there. Okay. Welcome, welcome we, to Reagan's America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is pre-Reagan's America. This was shot no. in the late 70s, so this would have been Carter's America. Really? Yeah. It was shot in tandem with Superman, Superman 1. Wow. Another thing I just learned, 
Uh, most of the actors had no idea they were shooting two movies. <laughs> That's why, like, almost nobody came back for uh, Superman 3. That would explain it, yeah. They brought back Marlon Brando, and then they sued, he sued the, 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 the Salkines because he wasn't getting more money for doing two movies, so that's why um, the mother showed up instead. I'm sure I'm sure the screen actors go love that one. I don't know if ever, everyone has ever told you, you do a magnificent Marlon Brando. I do. I, you can't see that. I just did the, I just did the Godfather cheat, uh, chin sweep, a uh, cheek sweep. All right, this movie, I know some people really, really love it. Mike, okay, I understand. I understand why people love this movie. It is more action-packed. Because he can actually fucking punch people in this he can movie. Fight. He can, actually he can fight. fight Kryptonians in their disco suits. Yeah, beats he up. He beats up evil Pat Benatar in this. If he could punch Gene Hackman in the mouth, oh. I would have enjoyed the first one a lot more. Oh my god, his head imploded! <laughs> Lex Luthor's head is just a sack of goo! I think I remember watching the making of on television of this movie. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Well, of course it's a lot of fun, because back in those days, they only showed you the fun stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm going into the makeup room. 17 hours later, I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the the, wo- the the woman at the Kryptonians was talking about how she actually, you know, pushed against Fiora. the bus mm. to try, you know, she wasn't just like having her arms up in the air. She wanted to push against it to show the... The strain. The strain. Yeah. Holding something that big up. Oh. This is the movie, by the way, where he defeats one of them with like that... The cellophane. The cellophane... S. Because Richard the Lester, of hope. <laughs> right out of the fucking gate in Justice League, man, out of the fucking gate with that awful thing. That mustache had better play a crucial part in, uh, uh, in Mission no. Impossible. It, it, it better be a, a plot. That, 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 you know what? That mustache better be fucking glorious. No, you know what? I, no, no, here's what I want to see. It better fucking cure cancer. No, no, okay. Here, no, Joe. <laughs> Joe, here's what I want to see. I want to see Tom Cruise end up in a boardroom somewhere with a chair turned to the window, and he's like, I knew it was you all around, and the chair swivels, and it's just the mustache. <laughs> you know, it's a hell of a lot cheaper to uh, digitally put on a mustache than to remove one. No, and Paramount was be- were being dicks about it. Yeah. Paramount was oh, being yeah. dicks about it for one simple reason. Oh, we need to take him back for yet another series of reshoots. Really? We're, we're making a move. We need him. He's Superman. I know nobody gave a shit about him in Batman versus Superman, but he's important now. Uh, so Superman too. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Oh my god, it's just a rabbit hole. Diatribe. It's just a rabbit hole. God damn you, Andy. <laughs> Richard Lester. I'm trying, I'm trying to move Superman on. Too. All right, all right, all right. Shh, shh, shh. Richard Lester had never read a Superman comic book in his life when he directed this. Of course so not. That's where the the fruit roll up that he throws at at Non or whomever. Shows up. He had no idea what his superpowers were. <laughs> I will say this. I mean, at least, at least the movie gave us one of the most memorable lines in all of comic books. What before Zod? Oh yeah, that is that no. is so spoofed everywhere. They people have fun well, with that. That's. I, I'm gonna give the, all the Actually, credit. It's, the, world no, to no, it's the whole thing. I get. You gotta say the whole thing. Son of Jarrell, kneel before Zod. General, would you care to step outside? Superman! Superman, thank God. I mean, get him! Come to me, son of Jor-El! Kneel before Zod! You will go down before me, Jor-El! You! And then your heirs! That's all Terran stamp, because I guarantee the script just says, Kneel before Zod. And yeah. it doesn't even do like the like the very pointed yeah. point down. 
Nooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooo
you can see the reflection Chin in of the, the mirror. mirror. Of the glass, but it's still, the glass, but the it glass, doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't take you out of it. You're still in. In the claymation face melting? Yeah, well. Well, some of it was claymation, some of it was actually wax that yeah. was superheated. I mean, right. you, you can, Again, again, how they made it on television. You can <laughs> say this is, this movie is iconic. It is oh, an iconic yeah. movie. Oh, everything. Yeah. The theme. The yeah. theme is one of John Williams' greatest themes. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, that's like saying, you know, that's not giving him, you know, he doesn't have many bad, bad things. Yeah. Um, you know, that, the villain is great. Belloc is a great villain. Oh, God. Because, Belouche. Belouche. <laughs> John Rice Davies. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Asala. <laughs> my favorite story about this movie is also, apart from the fact that everyone pretty much shit themselves because they got food poisoning. Oh, that's yes. right. That was, that, why, was why, instead of the great big sword fight scene that they were supposed to do. He just yeah. shot him because, just, yeah, Harrison was he just, sick. He was super sick because he ate the local food, and and he just ad-libbed that on the spot, and they're like, that's great. We, we, we should keep that. That's what our character has become. Um, God, every I mean, every actor in this movie is great. Um, oh, God, help me out. And, Karen, and, and Karen Allen. Karen Allen is a oh, yes. great foil yeah. for, you know. yeah. And it shows that George Lucas is capable of writing a good story. Well, he was. Yeah. In the 80s, yeah. In the early 80s. <laughs> Don't forget, too, Lawrence Kasdan Ka- Lawrence or Phil Kaufman wrote this. I think Kasdan. Phil- I think it No, was no. Phil Kaufman wrote this one because Kasdan did Empire. Okay. Yeah. I know, I know yeah. Kasdan did Empire, but I thought he also Phil Kaufman, who's a very good writer in his own right, wrote this, just this great script based on you know, Lucas' story. Uh, this is what you get because Spielberg couldn't do a Bond movie. Uh, the story was by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman. The screenplay was Lawrence Kasdan. Oh, okay. So we were but both because right. It's, because it's got that Kasdan kind of banter, back and forth banter that yeah. he's known for. Yeah. yeah. yeah seriously. I, there's not oh. enough good things to say about this movie. Start the play! What, uh, Start the play! What about the most, one, one of the most iconic henchmen in this one? Tote. Oh, Tote. Hi, Hitler. <laughs> he's just such a great toady. He really yeah, is. He's a great. He's yeah. Well, there's that great scene where um, Marion is being held captive in Belloc's tent. Yep. And he comes in and oh, he grabs the thing. He brings out this metal thing. Thing, with the and chain. she thinks it's a torture device, and yep. he, it's, it's just a coat hanger. Yeah, that was, that's such. That's so hilarious because it does look like you're like it's like nunchucks, and then there's another thing to it, and then it's she. And he puts like, his coat on it. Yeah, hangs it up. And then they like, twist it around, turns it into a hanger, hangs his coat, and pants it off. So it's brilliant, yeah. brilliant mislead. That's and, and a good. You know, when you got a movie that builds up tension, builds up tension, you got to have a laugh. Right. Yeah. And they do that a lot. There's, you know, there's a lot of great stuff too. Like with, when he's like when he's in the sub base. Yeah. And he's he's like oh in, yeah in the, in the uniform and that's does, too tight for him. He, you he think oh my the, god he's gonna get caught? No, the German officer is you know ringing him the riot act because it's too. Well, it's well, also really it, funny because you always you know somebody always goes in, knocks a guy out, steals his outfit. It's always pretty. It's it great. So it was it was hilarious to have them make fun of that whole meme and be like, no, it doesn't fit so well. Well, the best part about that too was they didn't translate the German in that. Yeah. But all you can hear is Schweinen. Schweinen. <laughs> But I mean, not only that, not only is the the officer reading him right at, but then uh, then he punches him out and takes the hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know what? You're right. Your outfit would fit much better. God, oh, this, I gotta watch that. I gotta go see. I, I haven't watched this in a while. Yeah. It's like I can't show my kids this movie oh. be, mainly because of the yeah, face oh, melting. Yeah, yeah my my, oh, father, soul. my father took us to see that in theaters. Yeah. Oh, I, I was, was seven. No, my I, brother I was, was four. I was. <laughs> <laughs> this is another. I was ten years old when uh, Temple of Doom came out. 
And my mom took me to see that at the theaters. Kalima. Oh, man. Kalima. I'm like, ah! They need a new rating. They need a new rating. <laughs> hey, Alfred Molina. Yeah, Alfred Molina's yes. in this. Oh, yeah, he's in it very he briefly, in this. yes. Yeah. Um, what's, his, okay, what's the character's name? Oh. It's stupid. It's stupid, it sounds like a stupid over. It's uh, not. Uh, uh, oh, uh, he's the, he's, he was the guy that basically double cr- double yeah, crossed yeah, him at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Throw him in the at I'll throw you the whip. Yeah. Jake, start to play. Start to play. Oh yeah. But uh, he, it's too bad he didn't know he didn't know to speak Evitos. <laughs> yeah. Snakes. I snakes. Snakes. Actually, you know what? Tipo. At um at Disney Springs, they actually have uh, a a bar and lounge called Jock Ramsey's. Yeah. Which is an Indiana Jones themed bar and lounge. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some really good beer there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't eat, I haven't drank. Oh, okay. they've got a lot. They don't have movie memorabilia there, but they've got like props for a guy that would be a pilot for hire on like these these high stakes adventure Did things. Oh, nice. It's a real. The theming is beautiful. It really yeah. is nice. Um, but yeah, if you're ever out to Disney Springs, check it out because it's. They have a beer there. It's a Brazilian black beer called uh, Chingu, and it's delicious. It doesn't taste like a stout or anything like that. It actually goes down really smooth. Thanks. Try it. Yes. <laughs> but, yes, it's it, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's fucking it's, perfection. It, it is. It is. It, yeah. It is the, it, it, yeah, it's inaugurally the best movie I've ever Right. So let's get into some um, social media feedback. I'm going to actually start with some of the stuff that... Uh, that Steve wrote, because I have a shitload of stuff here on Twitter. Uh, this also ties into some of the stuff that we've been talking about, that, that we wanted to talk about, so we kind of take some time to, to do all that, too. Okay. Um, so going to Twitter. Oh, first of all, I got one from Jackie Stevenson, at Writer Jacks on Twitter, uh, where she just writes and puts the gif, No Wire Hangers! Oh, my oh goodness. God. The winner of the Razzie for Worst Picture of 1981, Mommy Dearest. Wow. wow! Have you ever seen this movie? No. I yes. think I've, I've seen the. I've seen some of it. It is a shit show. It is an absolute shit show of it a movie. I remember awful. it being better than it was the second time I watched it. Oh, yeah. It when was I, when awful. I, I like, I saw the wire hanger clip the first time through. It scared me. The, when I saw it when I was much older, hmm. and I'm like, she's hitting a pillow. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> only that, but she's like beat. Look, when she beats that kid with like the the jaw, like the canister of borax or whatever. There's a lot of beating of children in this movie. Yes, there well, yeah, is. The, the, the daughter claims to have multiple personality disorder because of the, mm. the torture she received. She allegedly received at the hands of her mother, and it's yeah, it's based on it's based on the book, the memoir. Right. So yeah, yeah um, it's this is just it's a camp classic. So if you're into camp, enjoy. That's <laughs> camp. Camp. Campy. All right. Stop it. Steve uh, brings up Clash of the Titans as Ray Harryhausen's magnum opus. You shouldn't remake magnum opuses. You know what's sad? This movie is so... Dated. Could have been a lot better, and it's still better than its remake. Yeah. yeah. This wasn't uh, John Gilgo. This was Sir Ralph Richardson, wasn't it? No, this is neither of them. Who, who, no, this was Lawrence Olivier as oh, Zeus. Oh, right, right. Lawrence Olivier. And so, so, all three of them had like, significant roles in Maggie this. Maggie Smith, <laughs> Ursula Andress... Burgess Meredith is in this movie. Oh my God. Jesus! Yeah. How did, it, how did it not crack the top ten? Because um, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was marketed for for kids. Yeah. This movie yeah. was truly marketed for kids. And it's Ironically, it's also the same movie, the first movie I ever saw boobs in. 
Yeah. PG, man. It was a beautiful thing back in the eight, um, early 80s. Too heavy for the dead branch, eh? How do you know that? He told me. Told you? Oh. His name is Bubo. Do you understand all those clicks and wheezes? Perfectly clear to me. Porky's Scare the hell out of most of the kids that went out and saw it, though. I didn't really find this movie scary at all. Well, I did. I, I did. I thought it kind of. I thought like it camp. Mm. Just because the 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 the, the uh, stop motion animation just kind of like it seemed so fake. You're like, come on, I'm gonna be scared. I was I was already a fan of like of uh, you know King the original King Kong. Right by then, yeah, I've so been watching so many Godzilla and King Kong movies. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Big monster, yay. <laughs> I think with this movie, it's just yeah, that... Yeah, I, I mean, I saw the Kraken, I'm like, oh, Godzilla can take you. Yeah. Yeah, it's also like, you're not a Kraken. <laughs> exactly. You're a big lizard. You're, 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 you're the gill guy from Black Lagoon. You're not, you're not a Kraken, <laughs> what the fuck? The issue is that when you get old enough to just be able to spot it, and you don't have to be that old to spot it, You, you when you, when it's stop motion animation, you can tell it's stop motion oh, God, animation. Yeah, yeah but yeah. again, Harryhausen was a... a like, you know, he came up with things like the forced perspective. That was, right. That was him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he did a good job with that. And some of these things really do look good, even for the time and with the budget that they had. Yep. They look really good. There was not one good performance in this movie, though. Yeah. Well, not one. Well, Maggie Smith doesn't suck. Yeah, but Maggie Smith never doesn't suck. You know, yeah, never sucks. Yeah. You know. But yeah, she's she's not in it enough. So, but I, I was watching clips of it to sort of. I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen this. I'll watch some clips. And I was like, you know, first of all, most of the clips I saw were all action scenes that had absolutely no uh, conversation whatsoever. There's no dialogue. It's just guy Clank, facing Clank, down Clank stop motion swords, animation. Yep. Giant scorpions. Giant scorpions. <laughs> Medusas. And Medusa and, and the Stygians. Well, the Stygians were actors yeah. um, with really bad makeup and a giant marble. And skeletons. <laughs> And then there was uh, the guy who played Calabos, which was kind of a combination of both. All the close-ups were done with an actor who was essentially doing blackface. Yeah. Yeah. 80s. Um, And then matched with a a stop-motion character for all the action sequences. Yeah, the full-body stuff. Yeah, which looked terrible. Yeah. It didn't even look like him, you know? Yeah, it was... I had the action figures. I had all four (laughs) Clash of the Titans action figures. She'll have one upstairs. We actually have Charon, the oh uh, the God. ferryman upstairs. Okay. He's kind of an action-less figure because he does bend at the waist, but he doesn't have legs. He just has, <laughs> has like the bottom half of his robe just kind of bends yep. back. Yep. <laughs> and he came with a sword and a shield, like everybody in that in that uh, set yeah. action set did. Yep. But yeah, I was watching the clips and I'm like, wow, I can see why they cut the silly owl out of the remake. Oh, oh, but then they brought him back and then had to throw him back into the, the uh, basket of uh, pandering. But, yeah. That remake is terrible. Oh my god, is it bad? I didn't actually see it, so. You didn't see it? Oh, with, with Jeremy Irons and Liam Neeson? Uh, no, it was Ray Fiennes and Liam Neeson. Oh, okay. Schindler's List reuni- uh, reuni- uh, reunion. Yeah. No, no, Jeremy Irons is in it. Is he? Yeah. I, oh. I remember because I was watching it. And I was like, how can these actors suck so much? They're so good, but this movie is so bad. Then my mother was like, oh, it's in 3D. I want to see it in 3D. But it had po- they'd done the post-process to make it 3D. Oh, yeah. So, like, everybody's hair, even though it's on their head, 
But the 3D processing kind of looked like it was a foot behind their head. Yeah, that's right. It I remember. It was really, really weird. And this bad. was the first movie to do the the pre-rendering, um, <laughs> like the post-rendering 3D, yeah. just to make more money. It was done after um, Avatar had come out. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the yeah, reason why it happened. Um, yeah. No. Just like Steve said, don't remake your magnum opus. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> it was awful. No, All right. No Jeremy Irons. Really. Yeah. Next up on next up on Steve's thing here, an American Werewolf in London was peak werewolf. This is hands down the best creature transformation I oh, have ever yeah. seen. Yeah, it is. It is full on body. Well, horror. this is this. Well, yeah, this is like the real the first kind of werewolf movie where the werewolf kind of takes on wolf like proportions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not only that, you can tell he's in pain. Right. When he is transformed. And, and you hear, like, the bones cracking. And yeah. It's just like, ah, ooh, ugh. It's kind of a wet process, too, apparently. So it's just... Yeah. Well, I mean, you're losing skin. You're breaking bone. You're, oh, yeah. Growing hair all over the place. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's freaksome. It's... But and, then, and then also, like... Then there's the whole thing they came up with where everybody you kill has haunts you as an undead. Yeah. Please believe me. You'll kill people. Nurse! Listen to me! Nurse! The supernatural, the power of darkness, it's all true. The undead surround me. Have you ever talked to a corpse? It's boring. And they they continue to decay, so his friend is a puppet. Like this <laughs> this one was at the library. I watched this last weekend from the library. <laughs> and his his friend starts out as in makeup, and then he's in really you know, he's in uglier makeup, and then he's just a like half-dead puppet. Yes. Yeah. You're like because when you if you watch it again when you're a kid watch it when you're a kid it's pretty scary but when you watch it later you're like this is actually kind of funny yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. meant to be and there's a lot there's actually a lot of humor in in the movie which is great I love I love the bit where he's he, it's the first time he's turning into the werewolf and he's just he's going through like the the pain and he's just like I'm sorry I called you an asshole yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah stuff like. That, and then, of course, you know, the, then, like, you know, the nurse takes him home and they immediately have sex all yeah. over the house. And it's like, wow, she is so losing her license. Exactly. <laughs> it was the early 80s in Britain. I don't know what their uh, what their laws are. This this won the very first Academy Award for Best Makeup. It did. Yeah, Rick, Rick Baker. Baker. Yeah. And it Dude. earned it. I mean, it really deserved oh, yeah. it. This is... Directed by John Landis. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first movie I, movie I remember seeing from John Landis. This is also, again, a very British movie. There were so many little... I mean, it's... Yeah. But again, if you've ever been to, like, Piccadilly Circus, it's a very... No, Andy, I haven't. Okay, well, I have. <laughs> um, Shocking. It's a lot like... Well, it's a lot like Times Square was back in the 80s in New York. They've really done a huge job of cleaning it up, even though there are still, like, giant sex shops in, in that area. Because when Autumn and I went, um, God... 12 years now, we went to go see Mary Poppins, the, the musical, like a live stage musical. And as you were exiting the theater, right next door was this just big shop just called Sex. <laughs> Walking out of a Disney musical and, oh, let's go look for, let's go look for a submissive. Uh, I do like that movie, though. All right, another movie I really like a lot that Steve brings up here. Dragon Slayer. Yes. Is a decent movie held aloft by with geek nostalgia for a time when we took whatever fantasy movies the studios would give us. And I I watched this one on YouTube 
Um, is this completely available on YouTube? Three bucks. Okay. It was like two or three bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, and it's in good shape. You know, it, it's in it's in good quality. You know, I you know projected it on the television, and we were talking about movies that hold up. It doesn't suck. Like if no. you acknowledge the, the the budget constraints and everything, you know, like yeah, some of the dragon parts are kind of cheesy, but they're they're nineteen. It's nineteen eighty one. If you right. if you allow for the time. Well, here's the thing. Well, first of all, I just have to shout out that this was one of the very first movies we talked about in episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Including Clash of the Titans. Yeah, including Clash of the Titans. I don't think we've discussed them since. This is... The movie itself, it it looks like an 80s movie. It's very dark. Like, just tonally is a dark movie. But I think the dragons held up well. I mean, I I watched this movie about ten years ago. I remember really still loving it. It wasn't wasn't actually that dark when I watched it. They might have maybe remastered it or something so that you could... But yeah, the, the, the... The hair is very 80s. Oh, yeah, all but the it was, girls. It was, yeah. <laughs> this one was Sir Ralph Richardson. Yes, this was Sir Ralph Richardson, who just kind of dies halfway through the movie. And Peter McNichol. Yep. Yep. Young Peter McNichol. <laughs> very, very, very young. Which is weird when you see him in movies now. Or yeah. even, like, I remember watching Ghostbusters 2 going, is that the dude from Dragonstone? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, yes it, it is. is. With hair. Lots of hair. He's Vigo. You are but a fly to him. Um, but yeah, it's... Oh, it's it was it was fun to watch it again. I will I will definitely say. You know what I gotta say? I, have you seen the poster, the original release poster for this? We'll pull it up. Okay. It is a thing of beauty. I mean, they don't make. <laughs> seriously, look at it. It looks like it was oh, done in oils. Oh, it yeah, is a beautiful poster. It's like a, an image of the dragon. In the back. An image of the dragon behind him with the big spear. Yeah. That's a thing too. Those dragon babies were great. Oh, in yeah. this. I mean, especially because they were eating the princess. Right. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah that I, was, it was the whole like, oh, the princess is like, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice myself on purpose. And I'm not going to let anybody stop me. Yeah. Look at that. That is a beautiful poster. I I saw and pretty, this. And pretty accurate to the story and stuff like that, you know. This is one of the first VHSs that my parents ever rented in. I've never seen this in the movie since because it scared the shit out of me. Oh, it's you can, it's tamed itself down. It, for you know, like as an adult, I think you will enjoy it. Yeah, you'll I mean, be you'll be fine with it. As and a five year old, it scared the shit out of me. Yes, it would have definitely. Yeah. All right, now Steve brings up heavy metal when stroking it to cartoons was still edgy and new, but still just hopelessly pathetic. <laughs> John Candy. Oh God, John Candy is like. <laughs> Isn't he? He's like a, a warrior in this one. It's well, like, he's he starts out as a doofy kid, and then he gets taken by the green thing. Right. And his character, be- his body becomes a warrior and gets a different voice, but he's it's still narrated by John, oh, John Candy, Candy as yeah. a doofy Good kid. God. He's like, oh, two in one day. And I had this. I have a bootleg VHS of oh. this. This was brace yourself, guys. Suncoast uh, story. Oh, good God! This was actually held up. But for video release for years, I was able to watch this on HBO because they just didn't care back then. And um, but then they got into a big uh, dispute over the soundtrack rights. Yeah, because there's a lot of shit on this soundtrack. Good music music on this. Um, but it came out. uh, It was about ninety six, ninety seven when it came out. And I bought it because I remember loving it movie as a kid. The animation in this movie is terrible now. <laughs> By today's standards, it's bad. Yeah. I have never seen this movie. The most I know about this really? movie is from the South Park episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
I see that you are enticed by my daughter's awesome rocking tits. Then bathe with my daughter in the fountain of Varna. Appease the gods by lathering her boobs with soapy suds. But yeah, I, somebody in her college... Her awesome rocking tits. Yeah, some, somebody in college, when like so like 92, 93, gave me the... I saw it at Eurasia, actually, the sci-fi, sci-fi fantasy convention in Boston, and then I actually got a... Either bought or got a copy of the bootleg, which yeah. I still have a copy of. Yeah, but I remember it was it was it was like spoken in like hushed tones when you were yeah. a kid. Yeah. Have you seen heavy metal? Oh, you gotta watch heavy metal. It's like like well, I didn't know about it until I was in college. So right, it was just was one of those things world. that because it just I just I, re- I just well, remember yeah. when, boobs. It's everywhere. a blood and boob orgy. Is what oh, it really is. Odd, it's yeah. just. You know, I think I first saw it like when I was 13, 14. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. Like, I was like 11 or 12 it's when I saw it. And I saw it on it, it was on Cinemax. Yeah, well, it's like the boobs are the size of, you know, very large balloons. Larger than their the heads. waistlines, you know, Scarlet Scarlett O'Hara wishes her waistline was that 14, small. 14 years old, you're not really concerned about proportions, okay? Yeah, right, no, exactly. that's what I'm saying. It's setting, it's setting a bad image. You're more concerned with the huge tracts Ooch. of land. Yeah. <laughs> Ooch. Yeah, I just remember being like really thrown pubes look like that. Yeah. Like, no, There's some full frontal in this movie. All, yep. all female, full frontal, yep. and it's just. That doesn't look right. Um, John Candy, I can't walk around with my dork hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, some of the, the music in this is yeah, pretty it's, awesome. It's really I great. Mean. Yeah, you sit there, you watch, and you're like, oh my god, this guy does this, this band, this band, this band. But there's, but there are scenes in this that just are nonsensical. Like the two alien, the two coked out aliens trying to land this <laughs> ship. Right. Oh, and the way they lay out their coke, like they're making baseball lines. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, there's that. Even the thing at the beginning, it's like you get the whole thing with the Don Felder heavy metal song. And he's the, the guy's flying the car the through Corvette, space, yep. and then he lands. He opens the trunk and just disintegrates. Yep. So the great yeah, evil it's, can. It's a it's a weird anthology Nonsensical thing. Plot, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a bunch of like because because the heavy metal comic was just you know standalone yeah. stories. So there was just like let's sort of string a bunch of these together and try to tie it together with a central theme. And, yeah. You know, kids are gonna smoke dope before they see it anyway. So who cares? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> No, that, I think that was the that was the idea. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Yeah, yeah, smoke, smoke dope, or they're gonna do lines. Okay, these kids are gonna be doing reefer. So, uh, for okay for this segment, they're gonna be doing LSD. So, <laughs> we, we, we've distributed it throughout your popcorn. Essentially, it's all time released. <laughs> and for that one, they're doing cat pee. Oh god! You know, for the court scene. <laughs> oh, the court scene. The court scene was oh. the best. Oh Jesus! The, the the one with the guy that, that... With, with with the prototype uh, Zach Brannigan. <laughs> Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, the, the bit with the the plane that crash lands and all the the oh the, sol- the, the World War Two the, the World uh, yeah. War Two soldiers all coming back as the, the undead. Zombies. That one, that one freaked me out. Yeah, I mean, there's, there is some decent animation in it, but just overall, just the look of the animation doesn't look solid. No, you know. All right, Steve also brings up the Road Warrior. Still a great movie as long as you can handle the cognitive dissonance between its homophobia and F- Fury Road's feminism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, rec- I you know, recently, in the last eight years, I've, I saw Road Warrior for the very first time. Really? I had never seen this movie. It was never on HBO when I would want to watch it. Huh. Um, I can I can see that because all the villains are like just leather boys. They're yeah, all leather boys. And then leather boys. 
Does somebody have anything to say about this movie? I'm I actually not, enjoy it. I, I'm I, not a big Road Warrior guy. I, so. I, I actually like this more than I like Mad Max, the original Mad Max. Well, the original Mad Max is boring. Yes, exactly. This one had a lot more action. The, 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 it was more... You know, in, in Mad Max, you're led to believe that it's supposed to be post-apocalyptic. But in Road Warrior, it really is post-apocalyptic. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's like nothing. You know, just you're stuck in the middle of a desert... Fighting over gas. <laughs> Gasoline. Gasoline. Just walk away. You can put an end to all this. Just, Just walk, walk away. away. And we will save your lives. Okay there, man, Ray. Just walk away. Give me the pump. The oil. The gasoline. And the whole compound. And I spare you lives. Just walk away. I will give you safe passage in the wasteland. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. <laughs> well, yeah, seriously, even that dude, Humongous, is just a friggin' leather boy. <laughs> he's got his hockey mask on, and he's got, like, his little, like, leather belt crossing his chest. He's a bear looking for his cub, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh. You are not wrong, sir. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. no we moved on from that. Yeah, if it's all consenting, it's good. We're, we're, yep. All right. We're so, more progressive these Speaking days. of moving on, Steve writes, Quest for Fire is the best caveman movie and caveman Ringo Starr's best movie. Let that sink in. <laughs> all right, so Quest for Fire technically was a U.S. 82 release, but it was released in France, its native country, in uh, 81. That doesn't count. Well, actually, it's going to count because I got one to talk about. So shut up. French um, art house movies don't count. Have you ever seen Cluster Fire? Yes. No. I don't know, but I feel like it sounds like a book that my sixth grade teacher read to us. It's a French art house movie. That's it's all a French. It, it's a well. You know the funny thing is, it's got Ron Perlman in it. Well, it's a French it's movie, got, and that's his that's his hobby. That's true. Um, it's got Ron Perlman. Uh, God, Everett McGill and Ray Don Chong. I mean, it's makeup wise, it looks pretty good, but there's just. There's an awful lot of just like, we just stole this girl from the enemy tribe. I'm going to hump her. And that's really about it. There's no there's no dialogue. There's no dialogue other than like Grunty. grunts and stuff like that. Yeah, I think, it, I think it must be based on the book of the same title. Okay. It's a 1911 Belgian novel which was published in English in 1967. Okay. Goddamn Europeans. They, they should have <laughs> brought in Raquel Welch. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then Russell Andrus. Has anyone actually ever seen uh, Ringo Starr's Caveman? Yes, I have, actually. I saw it on HBO. Barbara Bach. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. She's a Bond girl, and he's married to her. Yes, Let he that is. sink in. <laughs> All no, right. Barbara Bach or Catherine Bach? Oh, uh, Kath... Uh, uh, Kat Bach... Jesus. It's Barbara Bach. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so Catherine, here's one, um, because Jackie uh, Stevenson at Writer Jacks writes, uh, also, I've watched a great Muppet caper 332 times in the last month. If you need an expert in that area, to- hashtag toddler life. I said that the two of you, that you and her could probably hash this out. I haven't gotten anything from her. Go ahead. The Great Muppet Caper. Uh, gee, Mr. Tarkanian, when we thought identical twins working on a newspaper would make an interesting story. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Especially since you two guys don't look anything alike. Uh, well, that's because Fozzie's not wearing his hat. Uh, Fozzie, put your hat back on. Oh, yes, sir. See? Oh, yeah. I can see it now. 
But that's still no excuse for blowing a story. Oh, we'll do better next time. Next time? Next time? <laughs> what makes you think there's gonna be a next time? Well, if there isn't, it's gonna be a real short movie. Yep, we've watched that because of course I own it. Of course, um, you, of course own. you do. I am so the hell sad. You say? I am so sad I do not still have my poster for Burger King. I'm shocked. Shocked <laughs> and uh, So here's a little bit of weirdness. We've we've talked about three movies now. We talked about um uh oh God, Dragon Slayer. No, not Dragon Slayer. Um, um uh, ah, Time Bandits. Yep. Which had John Cleese in it. Yep. We have uh, uh Great Muppet Caper. Which has John Cleese in it, <laughs> doing kind of a Faulty Towers thing. Yeah. Then we also talked about American Werewolf pa- in Paris, which has Frank Oz as the Doctor. That's right. Oh God, yes. And Jim Henson is a random guy that gets run over and is actually credited as like Hank Henson or something like that. <laughs> well, American Werewolf in London. Yeah. What yeah. Did Paris. You said Paris. Oh, that was the sequel. sequel. That was the sequel with Julie Delpy. There was yeah, released no by, about that. was released by Disney. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah. Mid 90s for Disney wasn't a good time, okay? <laughs> so, like, they were all in town filming at the same time in yeah. 81, and I think they were all just like, can I do a bit in your movie? Can, I'll do I'll a bit, do a bit in your movie. movie, yeah. Yeah, sure, sounds great. Because, well, you know, obviously, John Cleese had been on The Muppet Show. Right, and right. He's doing, yeah, he's doing he did a great multi- episode, too. Yeah, it was a fantastic <laughs> episode. Um, this this movie is, is uh, like, you know, kind of, you know, still silly, still doing the fourth wall breaks. Um, it's not as good as the Muppet movie. It doesn't no. hold up quite as well, but mm. it is pretty darn silly. And well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, does Muppet Orson Welles appear in this one? No, that was uh, the first one. Those no, no, Transformers. No, no, no. Maybe I'm, am I thinking of uh, uh, Milton Berle? Milton Berle no, is also in the first, first one. one. This one is primary. There's, there's, there's less... There's, there's, fewer there's less cameos. cameos. There's fewer cameos. I mean, the, the big stars, and actually Jackie does bring up some stuff about this. There is Charles Grodin, uh, where she writes, it's just me or Charles Grodin hot in this movie. And uh, Diana Rigg, former Bond girl and current crone, yeah. who t- uh, took yes. on the Muppets in her mid-years, which I actually replied yeah. to. I especially loved the great Muppet caper when she poisoned Charles Grodin and later called him the C-word. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was saying, it was like, she's reminding me of something. I was like, fuck, it's Diana Rigg. Oh, my yep. God. Lady Diana Rigg. Was, yeah. She was young. Yes. Oh, my God. She's aged a lot in 40 Something years? Well, 47 I mean, years, yeah. But she's still... 37 years, yeah. Yeah, but... I mean, she's so witty and fun, and I love yeah. her and everything she does, but... Yeah, she was she was great. She absolutely just chewed oh, the scenery I mean, you think about the Avengers came out in 68. True, 68? true. But the other... But the thing is, though, with, with Charles Grodin... Charles Grodin, it makes such a good scumbag. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Midnight, um, Midnight Run? Yeah. Come on. But there's that, that, that bit where they're at, the, they're at that ball... And you know you already know they've already established that he's he's a thief. Oh god, yeah. 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 And um, she's wearing the neck the baseball diamond, the one that's going to get. He's just yeah, no. Oh yeah, not, she's like I have a feeling that thieves are breathing down my neck, and he's like <laughs> literally <laughs> standing goes, over her dancing, and like thieves no, no, are no, breathing no, no, down no, your neck. They're, yeah, they're, that, it's, not a, it's, it's not a dancing, it's not a ballroom scene. They're yeah. in a supper club. Oh, supper club. Okay, sorry. He's like, just got that sleazy face. He it's just leans over. Thieves aren't breathing down your neck, and he's breathing. Down yeah, he's, and he, he he says it as breathily as he can. Thieves are breathing. Yeah, he's got these sleazy smug look on his face. He has so much fun. It's Charles Gruden. Yeah, does he not have a sleazy smuggle on his face? <laughs> um, this, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, it, especially going back and watching the, the original three. Yep. Um, you know the Henson three, if you will. That Muppet movie is just eight times. Oh yeah, well, oh yeah. Muppet movies, the yeah, you're not getting yeah. better. Oh, yeah, it also has the better songs. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was there was a difference because uh, I was thinking of Peter Falk. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly, um, oh, I'd have to look up the the right. I got the, right the, here. Yeah, the the guy that wrote the music for the first one it was Paul Williams. It was Paul Williams? He did you know he did. Uh, Rainbow Connection. Yeah, he well, he did all the music for that. He also yeah. had done, you know, Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas, whereas uh, they had a different guy. I think it was Jerry Jewell or somebody did the movie, the songs for A Great Muppet Caper. And they're and, not as memorable. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, they're not as punchy. They're not, you know, they don't have, Paul Williams just gets it, which is right. why when, you know, he'd sobered up, they brought him back for uh, <laughs> uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, because, he had a crippling cocaine addiction. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, yeah, when... But they brought him back from Muppet Christmas Carol because he just gets the Muppets in the yeah. way that very few people can. I, I agree because he's pretty much a human Muppet. Yeah. Um, also, Jackie writes that uh, who did the costume design for this film? Joe Raposo. My, my bad. Joe Raposo did the songs and he's best known for all the most memorable songs from Sesame Street. Oh, okay. So, you yeah. know, like everybody sleeps. See, it's for cookie if it's good. I think part of the thing is that the the songs from the Muppet movie stand outside of the movie. Yeah. Whereas yeah. these have to be inserted in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. like when you listen to them, because there's, there's an album of just Muppet movie songs. Right. And it's all the, you know, it's all the major uh, things up until I think um, Muppets in Space. Okay. And it's just like... Which is just covers, really. Right. Uh, the Make a Movie... Yeah. Thing. And it's hey, just like hey, hey, hey a movie. movie Which is which is a fun introduction to Starring it. everybody and it throws me off guard that it's Charles Grodin and me. <laughs> <laughs> but actually Jackie just wanted to say whether man or Muppet, the wardrobe is spot on. Yeah. It's a very British movie. <laughs> it's a very British movie. Maybe they should have been running for the Olympics. <laughs> Like 1981. From 1981. The year of British movies. I will say the the song where they're riding the bicycles in the park, that is a beautiful sequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember remember that being like a really interesting behind the scenes thing. Yeah. Because they had the radio, um, the radio controlled Kermit. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really, it just, it looked good, you know? Well, I mean, they used the radio controlled Kermit in um, um, a great Muppet movie as well. Yeah, they had the radio-controlled one for the, the wide shots. And oh, then yeah. And it was a hand puppet for the close-ups. Yeah, that, right. was, that was pretty much all Foss Bazakis. Yeah. So let's move on to some Facebook feedback here. And then we might some do more. a couple of repeats here. Huh? Some more. Facebook. Yes, okay. So Tom Wisniewski says, I used to love The Clash of the Titans. So silly to watch now. But as a kid, I loved it. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs. Yep. Jamie Shea, wow, stellar year for movies. Obviously, you'll talk about Raiders, yes, but Cannonball Run is one of my faves and a franchise that could get a reboot. Nope. The, P- uh, the PC world would let it happen. I don't want to nope. see, I don't I see, don't see, see it again. I don't want to see a Cannonball movie I'm, involving Priuses and, and Teslas. I, I would not be at all shocked if they make if one's on, not on the book somewhere, though. Oh, good God. Oh, no. I, I wouldn't doubt I, it either. I mean, I mean it's, it's it, Rat Race. Rat Race was more of a contest movie, though. That was more like it's a mad, mad, but mad, 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 mad world. But it's the same style. Right. It basically just take Rat Race, take out, put Cannonball Run in there, and you got it right there. So, um, also, Jamie writes, I was 8 and 81. I'm not sure what year it was that my friend Johnny across the street got cable and had free HBO for a week. History of the World Part 1 was on that week. That movie still makes me laugh to this day. Josephus! I believe this was on your list, Catherine, of movies you wanted to talk about. Which one? History, History of the, of the world, world, Part, part one. one. Yes. Yes, uh, actually, actually, we were 
we were uh, talking the other night because I'd, I'd forgotten that I had rewatched Great Muppet Caper to talk about it, and I put down History of the World Part 1, which I also borrowed from the library. And Mike's like, I thought you were going to do Great Muppet Caper. And I was like, oh, right, let's swap. <laughs> oh, okay. I give it back to you, though, because we I've, talked about every other movie. That you I, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the first movies I watched on HBO. Okay. I, I had to read this one. Yeah. This is one. This is like this was like a a sleepover staple. It whenever was. I met, oh, yeah, like whenever I, like we had sleepovers, like uh, John Luther, Matt Dowdy, and they yeah. came to my house. We always watched this year. I don't think I've ever seen. I don't. It. I don't know. I mean, I I was they they called me Josephus right through elementary school <laughs> and right into middle school. Nice. <laughs> I feel this movie is so much more fun to quote than it actually is to watch. It's a fun movie. It's a fun watch. Roman Red. If you know what you're getting into, it's this boy. Oh, fellow members of the Roman Senate, hear me. Shall we continue to build palace after palace for the rich? Or shall we aspire to a more noble purpose and build decent housing for the poor? How does the Senate vote? Fuck the whore! Good. But that's the thing, though. It's like, we watched, we watched the movie, and it was like, okay, oh, I had a lot more fun quoting this thing than I'm doing watching it I, right I would, now. I would actually spend entire, like, entire afternoons uh, in the back of uh, Verizon yeah. quoting this movie with uh, Lanning. Oh, okay. It's like, you guys go over uh, that way. You guys You look like the piss way. boy! Hey, you look like a bucket of shit! <laughs> oh, good to I'm okay. gonna stand here and walk in a circle. Knight, jump the queen! Look! <laughs> jump the, the queen! queen. <laughs> Everybody, jump the queen! It was, it, yeah. I, I don't think I'd ever seen it before. I borrowed it from the library. Just my husband is like, "You've never seen this? I don't think I can actually watch it. Watch it with you because I'll start snickering before the scene actually. Oh my so god! It actually happens. I mean, it, it, I'll tell you one thing though. Mel Brooks should never do weed jokes. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, that I, I was oh, that was that, that was that was lazy back I then. That no, one. that was good. I mean, even ten-year-old me knew what that shit was. <laughs> this isn't my favorite Mel Brooks movie. No, no I mean this is this it's is still a fun one. This is it's not comparable. This is no way comparable to like Blazing Saddles or Young no. Frankenstein. Or Young Frankenstein, but it but is it, it's still a it's fun. It's not Dracula watch. Dead and loving it. Yeah, this, um, is, my, my husband, this is this is it is a fun fun yeah. watch. My husband actually likes this better than Blazing Saddles because they're not throwing the N word around the entire time. He's He's like, the Blazing Saddles is just an excuse to throw the N-word around for an hour. Just remember that Richard Pryor also wrote Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Um, he, was the, he, was yeah. The, he was the head writer. Yeah, so. that's yeah. the thing. And, you get to you get to throw that out. And, and, but, and uh, this one had the, the poor man's Richard Pryor, Gregory uh, Hines. Gregory Hines. Who was in... Uh, Josephus! He was in Muppet State Manhattan. Right. <laughs> he, um, years later. Actually, it is funny, though, because a few years ago, I was reading... Oh, when, they were, when they were trying to want to make sure they were castrated. He's a eunuch. He's, He's a, a eunuch. eunuch. He's, He's dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, one thing. I, a couple years ago, I was reading... Madeline Kahn is a genius. Oh, yeah. I was reading this book to Why Scarlet. Yeah. I was reading this book to Scarlet about the first hot air balloon, and it was commissioned by King Louis. So every time I would do it, it was King Louis. <laughs> Let's end this on a high note. <laughs> we don't even have our own accents. We don't even have our own language. We just speak in this outrageous accent. We all sound like Louis Chevalier. <laughs> <laughs> See, I enjoy quoting it. 
<laughs> and soon after, the first art critic was born. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Did you bullshit today? <laughs> yeah. Did you attempt to bullshit this week? <laughs> the Arthur. <laughs> you say it is better movie than you are. Yeah, I'm saying, I, I don't have any problem supporting the movie. I thought it was Cl- B. Cl- Arthur. No, Cloris Leachman was the French. Yeah, B. Arthur was the unemployment agency lady. Yeah. Did you bullshit today? Yes, that was great. Did you murder today? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. Did you attempt to murder today? Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's move on before Joe has an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> Steven's philosopher. <laughs> oh, a bullshit <laughs> artist. <laughs> All right, Chris uh, writes, uh, was your warrior from the future in 1981? What? How about Caveman? How about Super Fuzz? To which I had to respond, I'll... Like I'd like to pretend I'm shocked by these picks. The only one of these I remember was Super Fuzz, um, which is okay. So it's about a cop who gets telekinetic powers. Oh, um, this sounds like a Mike Cicerone. The, oh, we got him next. <laughs> Super Fuzz is not a good movie. Um, I believe it was an American movie made with Italian money. It, it sounds like it was. It sounds like it'd be in that title for porno. Yeah, well, it wasn't. Believe it or not, oh, it was 1981. Yeah. All right, so Mike. Cicerone brings up the following. American Pop, uh, which I responded to, if it can go wrong for the person, it will go wrong for the person. <laughs> this is a Ralph Bashke movie. Oh. Oh, oh so God. it's got like that full rotoscope, and it's so oh. fucking depressing and heavy-handed. Mm. In fact, I actually quoted Mike this. I want you to play one of my songs. <laughs> There's like, because it, it's about music, um, you know, American music, and it starts with this guy who immigrated to America, and he oh, couldn't I make it. Oh, I barely remember Oh, it. oh it's God, bad. Yeah. And then his son uh, is a musician, and he goes to war, he goes to war, and he like he runs into this Nazi in France, and he starts playing the piano, and the the Nazi sits and he listens, and he's playing the thing, and he claps, and he puts a thing down, and then the Nazi fucking kills him. Yeah. And then his son goes off and becomes a drug addict, and then this guy's son oh, God, uh, essentially makes it big on um, a, a Bob Seger song. I think I remember watching this. Like, oh, it's... Like, 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon while I'm at home while my mom shit. was at work. It's like one of those animated movies where the dialogue doesn't match anything going on. Yeah. It's like you're seeing people doing things, but people are talking in the background, and that's more prescient than the stuff in the front. Um, Mike also brings up Bustin' Loose, speaking of Richard Pryor. <laughs> uh, Escape from New York. Who had that on their list? Really? That came out in 81? That was the last that one. Was that was 81. That was 81. the last one on our list that we yeah. haven't Go ahead, about. Catherine. Yeah, this one I think we got to watch on YouTube for two bucks. Okay. It was either YouTube or Amazon. Um, so that was fun. And one of the things I remember, because when, I, when I, I watched it, I had never seen it before. Uh, I borrowed it just in time to go see Escape from L.A. in the 90s. Okay. And so it's really funny. It was just it was a really fun watch. Um, you know, there's there's this one female character that runs around with Harry Dean Stanton, who's the brain, and her character's name is Maggie, and I just called her Tits McGee for the entire, <laughs> <laughs> the entire show. Because she's got this outfit that just... Has this ridiculous plunging neckline. Was that was I'm sorry. Was that uh, Adrian Barbeau's character? Yes. No. No, it was no. Uh, I don't think I don't think she was. Uh, all right. I'd have to look her up. But you know, you got you got Isaac Hayes. You got Harry yeah. Stanton. Kurt and Russell. Kurt Russell. I mean, come There's on. Snake Plissken. 
Yes. And, and, the, after and, we, the, after and the most realistic depiction of New York, of New York in, ni- in the 1980s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it when was, it was a, when essentially it was a self-enclosed prison. Yeah. yeah. And and the uh, it was the, the the movie itself is set in 1997, <laughs> <laughs> which is ironic was... because you know what movie did come out in 1997? Escape, Escape from, from LA. LA. Well, I think that was a re- I think there was a yeah. reason for that. Yeah. And uh, but it was it was a lot of it was fun to watch. And after we watched it, because because my husband had never seen it, and he's like, well, now you have to watch me start playing Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> so you can see all the snake. overlap. Yeah. <laughs> so you can play Snake. Solid, so he's playing Solid, Solid Snake. snake. And uh, he was telling me that in like the sequel, there's a character named Pliskin and all this other yep. stuff. Oh. And the guy's never been sued because he just talks about how much he loves the movie and how this is all a great big homage. Oh, if you if if you if you follow Hideo Kojima on uh, on uh, on Twitter, mm-hmm. he loves Escape from L.A. and that's I mean Escape from New York. He's he said the, he modeled Snake uh, Cold, Solid, Solid Snake, Snake. on all Snake right. Pliskin. Yeah, it's 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 very. No, it, it is Adrian Barbeau's character. This is another movie. I, well, I saw this movie like 11 years ago for the very first time. Really? Out of all of the Carpenter uh, Russell collaborations, this is the best one. Yeah, Even I better mean, than Thing? Uh, no, all right. Yeah, no. I was oh, just yeah, thinking yeah, that yeah. as I was, was as the words are coming out of my mouth, like, no, the Thing is way better than this one. No, 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 I remember the poster for this movie, though, when it came out in the, in the theaters. Yeah. Oh, boy. That, the thing, like, the, the Statue of Liberty's head. head. I was oh, like, God, what? yeah. Yeah, it was... And Donald Pleasance is in it. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Playing Donald Pleasance, Playing really. Basically. I mean, no, no, no. Yeah, before, he, before he could really do a good American accent. <laughs> he played the president, right? Yeah, yeah. he plays yeah. the president. Wow, this this movie's a regular who's who. It is. Yeah. Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine. Yep. Uh, Tom Atkins. Jeez. Yeah, it's... Nancy Stevens. It's it's really it's really fun if... if like, accepting it for what it is, again... Yeah. It is just a ridiculous action romp. <laughs> My husband is like, wow, it looks like a very old Kurt Russell, not like in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. And I'm like, Big Trouble in Little China came out five years just later. After, yeah. And I'm like, no, he's got he's got the, 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 you know, five o'clock shadow going. He's got the attitude. You know, he's not playing... He's got his his high, his hair's well. The other black. thing, too, that the film stock and the, um, the, just the cinematographer's template... Yeah. Like the plates that they were filming on were a lot cleaner in Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> than they were in uh, in Escape from New York. You know, you gotta but, remember this is they're still doing the grimy '70s thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But it was street thugs in denim vests yeah. and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Pliskin's stripy pants. No. <laughs> and knee high boots. <laughs> Only Kurt Russell could pull that yeah. off. Yeah. All right. Now, who on their list? Because this is another one Mike brought up. Who had on their list the Evil Dead? That was me. That was you. Um, yeah, you got to it first. Yeah, so I didn't for, put it down. For some reason, I, all my movies from this one are, are horror movies. Amazing. Yeah. Shocking. I'm not 81. No, but you know what, though? There were a lot of horror movies in 81. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just based on some of these things, even that Mike's listing out, you got The Evil Dead, you got The Howling, oh you got God, Scanners. The howling. Yeah, Scanners, Scanners, David Cronenberg's movie, which yeah. uh, Matt Jones said scared the piss out of him. And oh. he only saw the trailer. Yeah, the, the Evil Dead, the movie itself, I, I kind of like it. I mostly like the uh, the behind-the-scenes stories and the commentary track. And, yeah. You know, watching the commentary track and, and Sam Raimi and Rob Tapper are like, and this is the part of the movie where we lose most of the female audience. Don't know why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what scene that is. <laughs> well, what's funny about that, too, is that realistically, Evil Dead 2 is just a remake of this movie. Well, it's a yes. better remake. But it, is, but it is a campier, more fun... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, for me, this is the least of the of the trilogy. Well, this is the movie that you know people are going to hold on to because it was done out of love. Yeah, th- it th- took them like two, three years. Yeah. Th- yeah, this one is more of the straight up horror. Right. You bastards! Why are you torturing me like this? Why? <laughs> Well, yeah, they were, you know, one of their investors who was like their dentist or something was right. like, "I want to see blood running down the screen." So they actually do that in one bit. Right. I mean, th- this was this was a movie shot on weekends. Yeah. Because now, everybody was off. Well, they 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 took time. They shot a lot of it in Georgia, but then they found out that they couldn't shoot it all in the time that they had. Oh. You know, there's a there's a crane shot that the dailies ran really long. It's because Sam fell asleep <laughs> at the top because they were filming around the clock, and uh, they and everybody had to go back. So there's a lot of parts where it's like you know, and this is somebody else playing this role, and this is somebody else playing this role, and <laughs> this part with a feet are shuffling along. That's actually Ted Raimi, who's <laughs> like 14 at the time. I think I think Ted Raimi played like every part. At least once in that movie. Yeah, not not quite every yeah, part. Well, yeah, but. yeah, he he couldn't be anything where you could see his face because it wasn't until uh, two that he was able to be on screen. Yeah, yeah. That was the one that got him his SAG uh, membership. Yeah, he he was the the mother, right? Yeah. Yeah. The demon mother. <laughs> the demon mother in demon form. Yeah. <laughs> some some nice old lady played her when she was being nice, but the uh, so yeah, it is this thing that it is the movie that got them all. You know, got got Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert and Bruce Campbell on the map. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, you guys have anything to say about some of the other movies Mike has, like The Howling, which I have actually never seen. I've never seen that. Uh, I think I've seen, like, The Howling 5 or 6. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you all you yeah, know. I have seen Howling. And um, any good? You know, out, out of, I've, I've seen, like, bits and pieces of the other ones. This is probably the best one. All right. Um, I, I think... Uh, well, because it was made with studio money? I believe the the heroine is D. Wallace. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. I was used to confuse this with Wolfen, yeah. which is another one of those early eighties. This was made this year. The Wolfen was made like, nineteen eighty one as well. Oh, Jesus, there Christ. were three werewolf movies in this one year, right? And the Wolfen, the Wolfen is like the French one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you got that scanners. Has anyone actually seen scan other than the one no. scene everybody has seen because it's a gif now? Yeah, oh, I can't stand that gif. Oh, it looks bad now. I'm sure it looked amazing yeah, back in eighty one. I'm sure yeah. it looked like oh my god. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I've seen scanners. If I did, it was yeah. late at night. You've definitely seen the the, the gif. The I've guys seen, head I've exploding. Seen the GIF where, yeah, I've seen that gif. Um, if I did see it, it was late at the Boston Sci-Fi Movie Marathon, <laughs> and I wasn't paying that much attention. Um, and then Mike brings up, of course, the George Hamilton classic Zorro the Gay Blade. <laughs> oh boy, you can't make this movie today. You should have made this movie in '81. Quite honestly. <laughs> Oh, it's so offensive. Oh, it's so offensive. And George uh, Hamilton plays both roles. Uh, That was going to be our title, but no. Yeah, no. You know what, Mike? I applaud your restraint. (laughs) All right. Uh, Other movies that Chris brought up here that we haven't talked about already, because he just mentioned Cannibal Run and Time Bandits and Arthur, The Incredible Shrinking Woman. This is the Lily Tomlin one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. I can't go back and watch this. This I, used to be, I think I did see this on, like, Disney Sunday type TV movie or something. Oh, 
Yeah, it's I, think I, just, I, think I, I think I saw this in a like HBO double feature. This with, is like, a social zapped. commentary by the man who brought you Batman and Robin. Ah. Oh. Joel Schumacher's first movie. Yeah. Or his first good. directorial movie, because he actually wrote the movie, The the Wiz. So who's in the okay, classic song in this one? Oh. <laughs> the the gorilla. Okay. All right. Uh, Jason DiMartino brings up any serious discussion about movies from 1981 has to include Das Boot. The German version. Thank you, Catherine. Um, she just threw it to me. Uh, the Das Boot in German with subtitles <coughs> is a completely different movie than watching Das Boot with American with English dubbing. You know, because when I matured and stopped watching uh, dubbed anime, <laughs> hey, not all dubbed anime. Actually, I, I know Cowboy Bebop is one of the best sub. Well, uh, I had seen anime. Mononoke. What Princess Mononoke? Yeah, that too. I had seen Das Boot. Uh, the first time I watched it was the American. The American dubbed version, yeah, and it it's just like guys on a boat. They just need to get from point A to point B, to right. point B and it, within three hours because it's a long fucking movie. Um, it's sweaty. They stink. It's sweaty, it's... but it's also because it's a war movie and they're Germans. You kind of forget that they're Germans because everybody's voice is dubbed by an American actor, right? So mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of oh Hans, you know, no one does accents or anything like that. The only truly evil person is like a general that they 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 meet on a stop and he's just kind of like he's just not even so much evil he's just snobby but then when you watch it in german and just read the english subtitles it's a completely different movie it's like yeah. yeah these dudes are german oh my god i'm kind of sympathizing for them but they're germans and it just the, it just Nazis, makes but, but yeah, it makes the movie though it just, the thing is it just it makes the characters they are different this, characters this is world war one no right? this is world war two was it? They, I mean, these guys were just like SS kind of guys. So I don't, I don't know if they were actually Nazi party yeah. guys, but they oh, were SS, still, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, they were fighting for the German army in World War II. They were Nazis. We'll just leave it at that. But it World does. II. The movie itself takes on a completely different meaning because the characters talk differently, and you can actually you're listening to them in their native language. Let's get Jurgen Prochnow in it too, who was in Dune. Oh, of course, because why not? <laughs> Jason D. Martino also brings up Body Heat if you're into noir. I don't think I've ever seen this movie. No. Kathleen nah. Turner's big breakthrough. Sure. Okay. I mean, I guess, I, guess the, we I mean, she saw it, and I love that sultry voice, but I don't think I've even seen this movie. Okay. I, I just want to check it out at some point. Jason also brings up, uh, you're not going to have a serious discussion then. I uh, should definitely touch in on uh, upon how Piranha Part 2, The Spawn, and continue the franchise's bizarre magic touch of making directors' careers. Directed by James Cameron. Cameron. Oh, Jesus Christ. Really? Yeah, yeah. apparently wow. so. Um, this was the one with the flying fish, right? Yes. Yeah. Because yep. how do you make the piranhas more scary? Make them fly. Yeah. And <laughs> then uh, Dave wow. McLean, who, by the way, his book, The Time Traveler's Museum and Resort, is now available on audiobook. Yay. I told them I would plug that. So please, for the love of God, if you've got a long right. trip... Download it. It's cheap. Um, he also raves. Uh, he also raves about the woman who did the uh, the the um, did the audio for it. Nice. Who so is it? He, you know what? He mentioned the name. I can't find it here though. Okay. But definitely give it a try. Uh, he says, "I do not envy the five awkward minutes you're going <laughs> to have talking about Porky's." <laughs> awkward silence. It it's Porky's. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. It's it is just it is a TNA film. It is a dick flick, Catherine. Yep. It is a dick flick. I mean, for me, it was my Isn't... first exposure to boobs. It wasn't Clash of the Titans. It was Porky's. 
I think my first exposure to television boobs or to movie boobs was uh, Revenge of the Nerds, which we watched at Girl Scout. Oh boy! So weird. And that, that movie is, has aged in the worst way. That yeah. is. That, that is. That movie now is a discussion piece for how we don't do movies anymore. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Anyway, moving on to Porky's. But you have to admit, I mean, Porky's did have its moments in it. Like that scene with Kim Cattrall. That's that's the one scene I remember. Right. She she's up in the laundry room with one of the coaches, and the other the, you got the two. You know they're. Going at it hot and heavy. She's starting to howl. Yeah, and you got the two coaches down on the floor trying not to bust out laughing. Why do they call her Lassie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Wasn't this the same director who did A Christmas Story? Yes. yes. Bob Clark. Yeah. It also is... Um, I mean, come on. It, who, can, it, who can identify with Pee Wee? The big thing with this movie is that it spawned every TNA flick... In the next three it be- years. It became the template for 80s teen yes. sex romps. Yeah. yeah. Without this movie, we would have never had meatballs. They were boner jams, essentially. All these movies <laughs> are boner jams. Speaking of boner jams, I did leave one off of Steve's list here. Uh, thanks to Excalibur, I almost it, I was almost in my 20s before I realized fucking in plate mail wouldn't end well for either party. <laughs> or their horses. Okay, LARPer. Oh... We, we, we spent a lot of time talking about Excalibur. Yes, before, we do. We, so we have a whole lot. We we have to add about that other than... Rutha! Oh! That and was another I, one I couldn't find a copy of to watch anywhere. We, I, I have a copy somewhere. I just dig it up. Yeah, it's yeah, a DVD you, copy. You, you can rent it on Amazon for like four bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not worth the... If I can borrow it from Andy, that's pretty Yeah, funny. yeah. <laughs> um, you know what the funny thing is, though? On HBO, they've been showing ad nauseum uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yeah. Oh yeah, my I god. Saw, I saw that. What a fucking shit show that yeah. movie is. It, it is every inch a Guy Ritchie movie. Oh my. Oh, it is very much so an inch, every inch a Guy Ritchie movie. I have not watched it yet. Well, the funny thing is, we only watched about 20 minutes of the movie, and there's like this one scene where it's Eric Bana and uh, Jude Law <laughs> uh, and their wives are standing at this thing, and Autumn's like, I'm pretty sure that those uh, costumes aren't period accurate. And I'm like, oh, the ma- the gigantic elephants were. <laughs> they have oliphants in the movie. Yeah, yeah, like el- fucking oliphants. Yeah, elephants is, that are like 200 feet tall. Which is too bad because I enjoy Guy Ritchie movies, but I have no. I just looked at the movie, and the this. second they showed somebody, I'm like, okay, there's gonna be a fucking prophecy, isn't there? Oh yeah. <laughs> I think there's multiple prophecies. The prophecy must be fulfilled! And you can tell it's true because it rhymes. You will bring balance to the... <laughs> you will bring balance to the force. Oh, wait a minute. Wrong one, wrong one. Nope, no, you can't do that anymore. Because that's not my fucking Luke Skywalker. That's not my fucking Luke Skywalker. My Luke Skywalker would have totally gone in there and, and badass and, and all that ass. shit. And you don't know shit because you didn't read the Zon book back in 1994. <laughs> hey, 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 calm down, calm Sorry. Down. Just remember... Yep, exactly. <laughs> That's so many arguments. Oh, God, yeah. <gasps> All right, so <laughs> let's go through what we haven't discussed on our own personal list. Mike, you went first, so we've already discussed Evil Dead. Halloween. All right, I'll go ahead. Halloween 2. Yeah, the the only other passable Halloween movie. Uh yeah. Um, this isn't because it's still it's still continued the same story. I mean, literally yeah. the same night. Legitimately, yeah. it's oh yeah, it's all twenty four hour period. Yeah. What the fuck. <laughs> and as uh, as Jim put it, somehow he lived in a room that exploded, and everybody was charred <laughs> to a crisp. But 
Donald Pleasance lived. <laughs> Batman would have died. Donald Pleasance lived. <laughs> Donald Pleasance is Batman. All right. Um, you got the howling on your list, which you kind of discussed already. What about Friday the 13th? Part two. Part two. Part yeah. yeah. This one, this one was, uh, this one was interesting because, well, one, it was the first one with uh, Jason as the killer. Yep. Yep. And secondly, the the heroine kind of like, she gives it like a, more of a psychological twist. Like she's actually trying to think about like what J- what Jason, what's driving Jason? What would why would he kill these people? Right. You'd be gone by now, right? Right. And you know, the only person I'd ever known was his mother. Never went to school, so he never had any friends. I mean, she was everything to him. Yeah. Deranged killer. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. You're missing my whole point. I mean, I doubt Jason would have even known the meaning of death. Or at least until that horrible night. He must have seen the whole thing happen. He must have seen his mother get killed. And all just because she loved him. And it was interesting. I mean, especially the, the climax where she she actually like puts on uh, oh, yeah, Pamela's yeah. sweater and she's like trying to ma- channel yeah 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 this was this was the one that when we were going to do the episode uh, earlier like way back when when we talked about Friday the Thirteenth this was the one that uh, in horror movies this yeah. one that Joe had me watch and this one actually the uh, the nerdy the nerdy uh, guy who has sex and smokes pot survives because he had a, he's had a bar the entire night ah yeah, he, yeah, he leaves the camp goes to the bar. It doesn't come back, and so he's fine. Yeah. And then the girls like trying to hit on this guy by they're playing like these little personal like football oh, hockey <laughs> games from Radio Shack. Oh my god! This, this I one, had one of those. This one has one like has a con- one of the continuity errors that I just like every time I see it, it just bugs me because you have this this guy in a wheelchair. He's sitting on the on the porch. You have the point of view camera sneaking up behind him, and then it shows him and just sitting there. There's no one behind him. And then point of view shot, still creeping up right behind him. <laughs> Switched back to seeing him, on, seeing the guy in the chair in the face. See his face. You can yeah. see behind him. No one there. Yeah. And then he gets machete, machete in the face. Of course. Well, because, you know, Jason Voorhees is undead, and so the right. fact that he could po- potentially be temporarily no, invisible is... He's not undead until the sixth one. Oh. oh okay. Actually, Robot Chicken just did a thing where uh, Jason Voorhees and his mother had to go to arbitration over who actually has the rights to the Friday the <laughs> And they ruled in favor of her. Uh, oh, Robot Chicken. No, she was first. Yeah. Robot Chicken is the best. It is. I'm amazed they're still doing it. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the, the, thing that, the thing that Robot Chicken has is they, don't, they know when to stop a joke. Right. Yeah. They're like, we've done the funny part. Like, the who's on first bit is like... All of five seconds. Right. Yeah. It's like Monty Python. When they just get to the joke, then they, then they end it. Yep. No more no, no reason to continue. Joe! You've right, got so one left on this well, list yeah, we haven't talked about yet. This one... Oh, my I, God. I, this... No. Oh, I love this. I love this, and this still tugs on my heartstrings. And you can talk about it now, because it didn't make the list last year. Fox and the Hound. No. No. Why? It. This movie freaked me out. Oh, I love this movie. Yeah, it's just, still, it's just it's just a movie that teaches you that the races can't mix. No. It's still oh, but it still makes me cry. You're I'm, a fox, like, you're a hound. We can't be together. Bye. I remember I remember watching my dad I just moved up here from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I'd seen my dad in seven let's see, in five years. Alright. And were you the best of friends? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Things That's have, another things story have happened in the, in the in the intervening thirty years. <laughs> so, but he took me to see this movie at the movie theater. I remember it was the Lowell Showcase Cinemas, right off of four ninety five. It was this movie, and it was uh, Winnie the Pooh, and it was a double feature with uh, the Great Muppet Caper. And I saw this, and I remember, oh, and I was just a puddle of tears. I mean, I, I could not stop crying throughout the entire movie. And I watch it now, and I still cry. I, I will still tear up and choke up. I don't, it's not, and it, it's, it's funny, because looking back on it, this is like, this is the nadir of uh, Disney animation. Mm. Disney was not at its peak at this, at this I time. Saw, I saw this in theaters, and I remember being completely perplexed by the car. Yeah. The whole crank engine car thing threw me for a loop. <laughs> You know, this is the only Disney full-length Disney movie Tim Burton had any work in. Really? Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Because um, back when he was a Disney animator before he oh, left. I didn't know. Unceremoniously. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a it's not a bad movie. I haven't watched it in forever because I don't think my kids could handle it. Oh, I can't. I, I, I haven't if, watched if it. If Joe years. is a 45-year-old man and it's a puddle of tears, still, yeah, you know. It still it's, makes me cry, so. I am shocked at who does the voices of Todd and Copper. Who? Mickey Rooney and Kurt Russell. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch it now. Yep. I'm a home dog. Sandy Maybe Duncan. Now you... Sandy Duncan is the female vixen. Okay. And let me see. Maid Marian? Well, not, not nearly as hot as Maid Marian was. Oh, come on. Corey Feldman. <laughs> right, keep your yep. fairy tendencies. Corey Feldman <laughs> is young Copper. Yep. Oh God. I'm a hound dog. We always Ow. forget how old how old he is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm a little older than we are. You know, it's one of those movies. Maybe I'll watch. But I watched a video was it last night or the night before about the Disney Dark Ages. Yeah. This was. This is in that Dark this Ages. Was in the dark yeah. ages yeah. the yeah. second they started doing the Xerox animation, this is one of those movies. It looks like the movies from the late '60s and early '70s. Yeah. You know, the, throughout the '70s. Yep. So how how much did you love Fox and Hound two? Never watch it. You know, I don't watch. I don't watch straight to video <laughs> Disney. Yeah, sequels. What are you talking like, about? <laughs> fuck you! I made that mistake once. Oh god! <laughs> Which one was it? Uh, Aladdin two. Oh. oh, I saw that one. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, good. no, it's not. No, um, Dan Castellaneta is not Robin Williams. No, and then sometimes straight to video movies made and make it into the big screen. Toy Story! Planes, yep. Huh? Planes. Planes, yeah. Well, actually, Toy Story 2. Yeah, Toy, Toy Story 2 was originally going to be a um, direct-to-video uh, direct release, and they loved it so much, they actually dumped money in it to clean up the animation. Yep. That's why the dog looks weird, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. So, Catherine, we've exhausted all yours. Were there any other movies that you didn't think of that you wanted to talk about? No, I, I can't think of any. Okay. I've been uh, reminded of movies from other years that we will have to talk about at some <laughs> other point. So I got I have two on the list because I, I dug deep. Uh, the first off is uh, Ragtime, based on the E.L. Doctorow novel. This is a three-hour depressing movie. This is back when I used to watch movies. You mean like thought, the musical? Huh? It's like the musicals? Uh, well, no, this is... No, the musical uh, is more cheerful than this. This is... Well, this movie is definitely... It looks like a 70s movie. Like, it's got the same type of... Like film quality of a movie from the seventies. Yeah, it was, was Milos Forman too, who directed um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and later Amadeus. Oh my so, god! But it's got that look. Those are some cheerful movies there. But it's got yeah. that look on it that just makes it look like a movie from the seventies. 
It's, you know, it's not a bad, there's some very good performances in here, but it's hard to find, and I'm not going to recommend that you, you know, actively go out and seek it if it's not your cup of tea. You got it. All right, thanks. <laughs> and Thank then, you. finally, and I'm only putting this in here for its breathtaking shittiness, <laughs> is Tarzan the Ape Man. Starring Bo Derek. Oh, I thought. Oh this my one God! Was, so this is not the Christopher Lambert one. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, this actually, um, you know who this is? This is um, how much O'Keefe? Miles, Miles O'Keefe. <laughs> <laughs> um, as as Tarzan and Bo Derek as Jane, directed oh by John God. Derek, who essentially just got off on showing his wife naked. Throughout every movie they they did together, they did like three movies together, and they're all a fucking dreadful. Um, but most of the, most of these movies are bad because they just let her monologue, which is bad because she's not a good actress. No, she isn't. But she's just talking out into space, just talking <laughs> for no reason whatsoever, and letting her monologue, and it's so tough to keep track. There's like. They didn't bother to actually do any um, like ADR on the movie, oh. so there's like a lot of like leaves rustling are more more lou- you know are louder than like dialogue. It's more natural. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm no sound engineer, but use a fucking windsock from time to time, okay? <laughs> oh god, it's so bad. And I remember this just being like in. As a kid, you know, Bo Derek was just you know oh, god, yeah. every man's dream, like the Playboy with with yeah ten. Um and oh and she's fully naked in this one. Holy shit, is she naked in this movie? <laughs> um, but it's just like it's such a bad movie. And the sad thing is, this isn't the worst collaboration these two did together. Bolero is a lot oh, worse. Right. Oh, Bolero's bad. <laughs> Bolero is so bad because it's all it's nonsensical. It's like this has a tight story at least. Bolero is nothing. <laughs> all right, Bo, just get naked. Yep. Okay. You, you just all right. What, what are you doing so close? Come on, stop wasting our time. We have got three hours of this movie to get through. <sighs> yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, that was our discussion of the movies of 1981. Woo! So guess what? We're caught up on the 80s stuff now. So when we do discuss movies later on in the summer, we'll be doing the movies of 88. <laughs> and actually, in a couple of episodes, we're gonna do the music of 88, which yep. should be a fun time because I think we're gonna focus more on albums. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that later because it's not our next show. Yeah. No. See what I'm doing? Next show, we're gonna actually talk about. TV shows that went on way too long. <laughs> Have you ever watched a TV show where you're like, oh, man, last season was so good. This one is just seem, seems like it's an excuse to just keep the show going. Yeah, they put in a musical episode. Well, they... <laughs> We've had this discussion. We've had this discussion, yeah. But there were just some, there were just some, show, some shows that should have ended a season or two beforehand. Some shows know when to hang it up. And those are shows like, um, like I felt 30 Rock and Parks and Rec hung it up nicely. They, they knew when to end, and they ended. Frasier, yep. Cheers, knew when they ended, end on the top. There are shows that will slog through. Yep. Yeah, Several which are still on the air today. So um, Jim Henson deliberately ended uh, The Muppet Show after five seasons. Right. Yeah. You just don't want that, that quality going down. Right. He was like, you know what? We're great. We're going to stop. Right. A flying right. circus. Flying, exactly, exactly. 
So we want to know what your what shows you feel have gone on way too long or ended maybe a season or two too later late. than they should have. And I definitely have some I have some feelings about this, especially oh, some yeah. recent that shows. Were forced a little. Yeah. 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 I mean, just think of any show that had to involve bringing in another kid. <laughs> when Different Strokes brought in a white kid. <laughs> wait, wait. You're not talking about Cousin Oliver, are you? I'm talking about Cousin Oliver and Danny <laughs> Cooksey from uh, Different Strokes. So it's... Whenever you need to bring in the kid, show's over. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> so if you want to... Uh, let us know what you think about that. You can uh, send your uh, requests to our Facebook page, which is Geek Salad Podcast, or you can send them to our Twitter feed, which is at Geek Salad Radio, or emails at geeksaladradio at gmail.com. Uh, also, you can check out, obviously you're listening to this show now, but you can check out our entire archive at uh, geeksalad.podbean.com. Uh, use the app, please. Yes. Um, so you can subscribe to other things. Check out our YouTube channel, which is uh, Geek Salad Podcast, mm-hmm. or just Geek, Geek Salad, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We still send the things up there anyway, and you can check out uh, past episodes also on the Stitcher app and at the iTunes store. So, um, am I forgetting anything? Uh, I don't know. It. All right, great. I tend to blank out when you start going into the school. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's just the housekeeping stuff that I have to do. <laughs> So anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And I'm not the real Luke Skywalker. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Let's end this meeting on a high note. Yeah! Yeah!